Good morning, Lincoln. It's 11.05 in the capital city. Welcome to How's It Growing, your weekly gardening connection only here at your favorite radio station, KZUM Lincoln. Imagine life without KZUM. It just would be no fun. All right, well, kick back for an hour of armchair gardening with me. I'm Bob Hendrickson. I'm with the Nebraska Statewide Arboretum. We plant Nebraska each and every day. There is great gardening information for you anytime you're ready for it at plantnebraska.org. All right, thanks for tuning in today. You can get in on the conversation at 474-5086. Please feel free to call in. If you have time today, I have Molly Femister, the uh, Southern Heights Food Forest Coordinator, joining me today in about five minutes. And uh, that gives me time to give kind of a a plant shout-out, if you will, your plant of the week. And actually, (laughs) I couldn't just do one. So we'll do this plant combination of the week, right? Many of us want to garden with native plants. Many of us want to garden with plants that attract pollinating insects, right? The good stuff. Uh, but it's like, man, where do I begin? And a lot of us are gardening in shade, so you can't really do many uh, full sun prairie plants, right? So here's a great plant combination to put on your plant wish list as you get rid of that turf grass underneath your trees and convert it over to natives. By, oh my, do you need to do that? Well, three plants that you need to put on your wish list that are so easy, um, you know, they'll they'll expand, seed around, um, you'll get babies hopefully from them and in a nice way. And it's something to plant in the shade by, besides just a regular old hosta, right? Everybody's got hostas. And, uh, but what can I plant to replace those hostas or enhance the look, whatever, right? Well, first I'm going to say native sedges, native woodland sedges. Man, look them up. Look up rosy sedge. Look up Appalachian sedge. Uh, man, look up uh, bristle leaf sedge. All these uh, oak sedge. And or listen to a podcast of a show I did with Benjamin Vote. We talked about those in creating a uh, a sedge meadow under your trees. Well, anyway, we didn't necessarily get to the flowers that go underneath with those. And these three are ones that man, they're easy. You just can't pass them up. One of them is wild geranium. May have talked about it on the show before, but it's just a, a beautiful uh, Eastern North America native uh, that never disappoints. It has these lovely dissected leaves. Um, very uh, palmate, if you will, kind of hand-like and, um, you know, wonderfully dissected. So it looks really cool when it's emerging in the spring. And then it soon uh, expands and grows up into about an 18-inch tall plant, maybe two feet, but more than likely 18 inches. And uh, the top of the plant is covered with these pinkish-purple flowers. And, uh, again, you might get it to reseed. Uh, It's mostly found in woodlands and the wilds, but it does well in full sun, too. So maybe you have part shade, maybe you have dense shade, but this baby can take it all. And uh, each uh, each of seed is, uh, the seeds are unique. Um, They kind of look like a crane's bill. If you look at the seed structure, hence the name, also called crane's bill. And as the bill of that seed capsule dries, it literally catapults the seeds away from the parent plant. Each seed uh, has a small tail-like structure attached to it that bends and moves in response to changes in humidity, which helps to drive the seed into the soil where it can safely germinate. Just a pretty cool seed makeup, kind of a wonder of nature. And of course, you can Google that if you want. Uh, Where does Crane's Bill get its name? All right. Anyway, I highly recommend wild geranium in the garden setting. It can be an important plant um, in the garden because uh, native pollinators do like it and it blooms in, in spring, probably around, eh, I would put it around mid-May. 
just a wonderful little woodland native. And then two plants to combine with it. One is wild columbine. Man, you can't go wrong with wild columbine as well. Beautiful orange-yellow droopy flowers. Um, you can Google images of that. Great combined with that. And then woodland flocks. I love planting woodland flocks uh, around because what woodland flocks will do is also catapult its seeds away from the plant, and you'll get it to naturalize in the garden, which is always a good thing. And naturalizing, we mean, is over time that plant will expand. Um but not in a weedy sense, right? It's more you want it to expand because you're creating a woodland garden. You want more than just one plant, right? So these are three great naturalizers. Uh, the American columbine or wild columbine, the woodland phlox, and the wild geranium. Put those on your wish list. Oh, and by the way, where can I get these, Bobby? <laughs> well, I got to tell you about Spring Affair. That's our the Great Plains largest plant sale taking place April 27th, 28th, and 29th at the Lancaster Events Center. And, uh, man, you couldn't always say that about native plants. Where can I get them, right? So, thankfully, there's some locations to get them. Uh, Midwest Natives be another one. I'm certain uh, that uh, they carry those as well. So, uh, great plants. Got to put them on your wish list. You'll be glad you did. Oh, and I got more for that wish list, too. But we won't necessarily talk about those today. Also wanted to give you a reminder, uh, coming up, uh, put this on your KZUM calendar, April 15th, Tax Day. Uh, join me. I'll be leading a tour at uh, Milt, uh, Wilderness Park for wild edible plants. Um, we are asking you to register. It is a free event, but we're asking you to register um, at Conservation Nebraska. Just go to Conservation Nebraska's website, and uh, one of their drop-downs is under Events. If you click on that, you will see the uh, Wild Edible Plant Hike and Wilderness Park, and then there's a link there for you to register. And I'm telling you, it's filling up. I know we're going to cap it at 40, and I'm pretty darn sure we have, um, yeah, I'm pretty darn sure we have, uh, you know, we're, we're in the 30s, let's put it that way. So anyway, um, whoopsie, I just dropped something. All right. Well, Molly's trying to call in. Hopefully, uh, I didn't screw anything up with the phones. <laughs> uh, try again, Molly. I think somebody else tried to call in around the same time, and it kind of messed with my brain, and I tried to get Molly on the line, and uh, anyway, then I screwed up. Anyway, so go to Conservation Nebraska, and uh, you'll, you'll see that there, and uh, yeah, you'll be able to do that. So... Anyway, I'm trying to figure out these darn phones, why it is there. What did I do wrong here? All right, well, anyway, try to call back Molly. Hopefully I can get you on the line, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get things squared away here. If I have to, I'll go to music before I can figure out this line. What am I doing wrong? Mm, man, oh, man. Mm. Well, anyway. All right, so, uh, yeah. Coming up, we're going to do a wild edibles hike there at Wilderness Park, and what we'll be able to hopefully collect that day is some stinging nettles. And you know nettle season is right around the corner. Um, yeah. So, uh, oh, boy. Molly's getting a busy signal. So I did something wrong here, Molly, with the phones. Uh, all right, well, I'm going to go to music and see if I can figure this out, folks. You just hang tight. We'll be back with hopefully Molly on the line in just a bit. All right, hang tight. 
All right, I think I got that figured out. Thank you so much, Carrie, for helping me out. Ah, live radio, man. Just wait five minutes. The weather will change. I got Molly on the line now. Molly, <laughs> thanks for your patience. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're both good at plants and sort of dubious of technology. I tell you what. Works fine. <laughs> well, yeah, so somebody else was trying to call in, and, and who el- whoever else was trying to call in, please, I got it figured out now, so feel free to call in. Anyway, I just tried to drop that call, right, because I wanted to, you know, I didn't want you to call and be put on another line. So when I hit drop, for some reason, it blocked all the calls. <laughs> and I, I was know. like, well, how do I unblock it? Oh, get this. There's a button here that says block all. Hmm. Okay. Just read. Read, Bobby. Read. All right. So it all worked out. Everybody got to listen to a little bit of music. <laughs> and now we're back. Now we're back talking plant nerds. All right. Well, thanks for your patience again, Molly, because Molly was texting me in the meantime going, I'm trying to call in, Bob. What's going on? Right. And I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah. But we got her figured out. Well, Molly uh, is the coordinator at Southern Heights Food Forest and a regular here on How's It Growing. Welcome back to the show, Molly. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, glad to have you here and glad to talk about, well, well. first I want to start off with uh, just giving you a shout out to your continued uh, efforts and work at the Food Forest, uh, making it a delightful location for all of Lincoln. And, uh, you know, we may have some folks listening that have, don't even know what the Food Forest is, hasn't heard about it. Uh, we, we may have other folks that have heard before, but uh, just kind of give us your elevator speech of... Uh, uh, the Southern Heights Food Forest, and then we maybe talk about some updates. Maybe you have some, oh, some uh, volunteer opportunities for folks. Maybe some upcoming programming people need to know about. Um, whatever, and then maybe we can talk about some cool new plants or whatever that you have planted there that you're excited about uh, for either this year or uh, in the future. Nice. Very nice. Yes. All of it is just, there's so much going on right now. It's delightful. Uh, the food forest itself, people, first question I always get is, what is a food forest? And what we've done is we rent the two-acre fields of the parking lot at the Southern Heights Presbyterian Church. We rent the two-acre field from them, and we've been intentionally planting that field into a forest that is dominated by edible plants. Now within that forest, we also have an outdoor classroom and some community garden plots. So speaking of reading and paying attention to signs and stuff, do notice where you're free to pick and where we ask you to just look but not touch. Um, Because there is some signage up for that. Okay. The outdoor classroom has been a source of big change in the past couple of years. We've shuffled some things around we're building a water play area at the moment, and we have another round of volunteer days coming up to work on that in April with the goal of having it done in time for the Parenting Across Color Lines evening potluck on the 24th. There's a That group is coming in, and they're going to have their potluck and have a ton of fun there um, at the Food Forest the evening of April 24th, so we're trying to get this water play feature that we're building built before then and could definitely use some We're also building just to rebuild our raised bed in the outdoor classroom area and we're getting a little bit of help with that and there's a new one going in this year. We're building a little tree library. The little free libraries all over town hmm. have been so successful that we've also got little free pantries that have shown up in town. So we're doing yet another riff on this idea 
of a little tree library. And that should be right up front near the entry sign as you're walking into the site. And what we're doing is creating a spot where people, you know, you dig, you're getting your garden in and you're like, oh, this cute little baby oak tree. But you know perfectly well, you can't grow an oak tree right there, you know. Right. Or it'll be a baby maple right uh-huh. in the fence line. <laughs> so a lot of us gardeners in town, we know we've got something cool, but we don't have the space for it. Well, what we want to do is make a little bed here, dig it out, stick it in our bed. I'll label it. I'll water it. I may even start potting them up if they start getting pretty big, but putting the pots back in the bed with the idea that people could come and get baby trees for their yard for free from here. They're not going to be as big as what you would get from a professional nursery, but neither is the price tag. Right. Um, And we'll transplant in, and we can actually get more trees around town to want trees but can't necessarily afford them. Yeah, so you're saying uh, folks that folks can get involved with this by like maybe they have a, a like you say a tree that's been germinated that, that germinated in their yard, digging it up, potting it up, and bringing it there. Are you saying, or are you are you doing yeah. that? Okay. No, they would they would need to just bring us the trees, dig them out of your garden, take them in the bag, and stick them over in our bed. Yes, um, the gardeners who would know how to do this and who would want to like oh. I've got baby coffee trees. I can't have a coffee tree right here. But they would generally, gardeners would know what they were doing with, with digging something up and then just sticking it in over in this bed mm-hmm. once it appears at the food forest. And we'll get it painted and colorful and fun and easy to tell. And then I can take care of things. And then I'll, we can put up a sign in the fall saying, okay, here's what's here. Come get them. Kind of thing because we don't want to transplant in July. That's a that's a difficult time of year right. to transplant. But I can take care of things through the summer. I see. So that people can take it out. And do you want folks to to touch base with you first, or can they just show up with the tree, or how how does that happen? Yeah, they would just stick it in. Okay. They would just yeah just heal it in. Cool, cool. Move some move some dirt over, wedge your tree, and put the dirt back. Ideally, you'd probably water it at the time. Right. Um. Yeah, but that's but no seeds. None of that's difficult. What about seeds? I don't know. Hmm. I think we're going to have to give it a try, Bob. Let the whole thing be a science experiment, right? Kind of plunk in some <laughs> seeds and say, "Hey, uh, let's see what happens." Yeah. So, but if people do want to get a hold of you, um, they folks, Southern Heights Food Forest uh, website. Uh, one of the drop downs is 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 information on contacting uh, Molly and yes. and uh, of course for volunteering as well. So, if they wanted to see a notice from you saying, "Hey, folks, we could really use some help." this Saturday. What's the easiest way for them to follow you to get that word? There are two places to do that. One would be, you know, Instagram and and Facebook, kind of the social media side of things. And I try to get stuff up there. Um, and then the other would be that we have a news list, newsletter lit, email list um, that if people go to southernheightsff.org um, then it'll show them up and it'll say stay up to date or that contact one um, or volunteer and it's kind of a that's just a contact form um, that shows up um, if you click on that one it comes down to join our email list actually I should put that up on the um, on the initial drop down there but we you can get to our email list uh, through the southernheightsff.org slash volunteer slash page and there's a um, there's a join our email list okay. on there. 
cool. Yeah, and folks, yeah. Uh, you know, you may look at his way. Well, I want to do something to give back. I want to do something to get my hands in the dirt. I want to do something that I believe in. It's just all three of those are a great reason to volunteer at the Southern Heights Food Forest. Plus, you get to meet cool people, and I think that and expand your friendship oh, base, yeah. right? We have such neat people that come and volunteer with us, and they're all so different. Everybody's totally different from each other. Yeah, that's a cool thing about it is plants bring people together and food even more so. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And, okay, so, Molly, that's one way to – and so you have some things coming up in April. Folks, it's garden cleanup time, right? Uh, man, everybody's kind of hopping at the bit with that. But then we always tell people, you know, kind of it's hard to do this time of year and we're transitioning from March. And that's a subject uh, Molly and I are going to be talking about once we get updates on Food Forest is the way we mark the progress of the season, right? So kind of gardening by using phenology as our as our base right we need to get back to that yeah. and uh yeah it's kind of like uh what did they always say plant your peas on saint patty's day your snow peas i think that was one i heard well and that works great when i lived in virginia right nebraska's a lot cold saint <laughs> patty's day may well have snow on the ground amen man I, that's, yeah that's funny you say that for, <laughs> i just start looking for clues in nature right it's gonna work yeah, you're here. exactly right, because uh, where did they come up? Who came up with that, uh, plant your snow peas on St. Patty's Day, likely lived in places like Virginia, right, rather than, yeah. rather than the Great Plains when they came <laughs> that up was... with that one? That's the same thing as like, oh, plant your potatoes on Good Friday. I remember hearing that one, and uh, I don't know yep. if that's something <laughs> I know. Nope, 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 nope. Maybe not Nebraska. So take not Nebraska. Take some of those, uh, you know, they, they what do they say? Just uh, you know, old wives' tales and things like that. Where you know, when they when they talk about things like that. But anyway, yeah, we, we'll talk yeah. about that in a bit. Um, okay, so so back to the Southern Heights Food Forest again, folks. At the, at the corner of Fortieth and Old Cheney, uh, Southern Heights mm-hmm. Presbyterian Church. Uh, check it out. Stop by. And uh, there's yep, also a the parking lot with the church folks. Yeah, yeah. and we just want to remind you folks, good. there is a community garden there uh, through community crops. And those folks don't want you rummaging through their garden. And, but it's pretty obvious, right, to people coming? It is pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. We've got some fence up and we've got some good signs um, that are there that are, that are pretty clear. Cool. Um, generally, people are, are good about that now. We also have potlucks coming up. Uh-huh, We're going to do a, our first potluck of the season is May 12th. Um, and we're probably going to do a little bit of a seedling swap that same night, too. But we're still pulling that in together. But the but potlucks are a wonderful time to come and meet other people and taste a lot of really great food. We tend to focus on perennial foods at our potlucks because that's sort of the point of our garden is that there are amazing things that come back year after year that are part of our ecology that can feed us that we don't I, I love a good tomato I love good peppers eggplants one of my favorite vegetables but that none of those will go over the winter around here and we do have a lot of foods here that will go through the winter yeah in more fact of some of them are popping up right now really what are you seeing popping up we've already got uh, lemon sorrel coming up oh, um, cool. and the flavor is starting to come in so as it warms up as we go through this spot where the grass suddenly flushes green because the soil has finally hit 40 degrees Fahrenheit that it's just going to get a whole lot larger the early docks are in so curly mm-hmm. dock mm-hmm. and lemon dock are in those can be cut I heard you uh, mention hostas earlier mm-hmm. um, and when hostas are still in that tight spiral 
coming up, you can whack them off and saute them in butter and super tasty. You know, I have not done that yet. I'm glad. So you have tried those and you would say, folks. Yeah. Folks, it's not survival food. It's tasty food. And and a lot of us have. Yeah, yeah. And I think for a lot of us, like, well, I'm not doing that with my special hosta. You know, I I have these kind of like some old standby royal standards. Those I'll hit. In other words, are you hurting your hosta by cutting that leaf emerging out of the ground? No, they keep sending up additional leaves. I wouldn't do it more than a couple of times Mm -hmm. on any one plant. But, yeah, no, they just keep sending up leaves. That's what they're good at. And I haven't done it enough to have a flavor understanding. Like, I've eaten Mm. enough daylilies to tell you that the yellow and orange ones taste better than the red ones. Right. But I haven't eaten enough hostas to say, go for a variegated or go for a blue lake or go, you know, like at all. Oh, man. (laughs) always still more to learn. Yeah, exactly. That's that's funny you say that because I... uh, I made this um, pine cone uh, syrup this last year, and I think it's called mm-hmm. uh, Mugolio, right? Mugolio. And this one Love dude, yeah, this one dude, I think it's, uh, oh, uh, Forager Chef guy. Uh, great, great, yeah. great guy to follow anyway, folks. But, yeah, and he's like, man, he's tried them all. And I'm like, how does this dude find all this time out foraging, right? <laughs> and he, so he's like, you know, he's tried all these different fir trees and pine trees and spruce trees just to, just because, just like you are, well, I'm kind of curious. Do the variegated hostas taste better than the, the blue-leafed hostas? And what about the green ones? And, oh, do they all taste the same? And, well, let's find out. And then you mentioned the uh, daylilies, too. Yeah, I agree. The yellow ones, you know, are, are very flavorful. The orange ones are great. The old-fashioned daylilies. Are you talking about the red ones like somebody's hybrid daylily or... Can we get the ditch daylilies that sometimes come in red? They do, right? If I remember right. Um, the ditch daylilies do come in red sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is the ditch daylilies that I know the best. Yeah, having spent a lot of time in Virginia, a lot of ditches full of daylilies. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> in the mountains of Virginia. Um, the, as I'm glad you mentioned hybridization. There are people who are crossing our daylilies, which are not truly lilies, with Asiatic lilies to get some of these fancier varieties, but the Asiatic lilies are all toxic Mm -hmm. to the best of my knowledge. So when you're looking at a daylily blossom, you really want to look for the leaves coming all the way down from the, from the ground only. You don't want leaves sticking out partway up the stem. Gotcha. Um, Asiatic lily heritage generally shows up with a couple of leaves coming up the stem there. Right, right. Yeah, but uh, if you know a patch of the old-fashioned orange ditch daylily, you're you're good to go, people. And you know, I would, I would, you know, I know the red ones to me kind of almost have a peppery aftertaste. Would you say that to the reddish ones? Yeah, a little. And if I was in the peppery, but sort of in a cloudy way. If Mm. I wanted a good peppery flavor, I would go for nasturtiums. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a better pepper flavor flower. No doubt. Uh, love a nasturtium. I'd put the leaves on a sandwich. And uh, you know, but mm. you know, folks, if yeah. you're a, if you're a horseradish fan, if you're a, uh, a wasabi fan, man, oh man, uh, nasturtiums are for you. Put that on your on your how's it growing edible plant guide and put it in there. Get it in the ground. So Molly, then back to the potlucks coming up. Do you have those events listed on the calendar yet? I'm I'm on your April calendar there on your website um, i'm not seeing listed yeah, yet not yet the okay. first one shows up may 10th and we just oh, gotcha. had the steering committee to like verify this is when we're doing it monday night so i haven't gotten them on the website this morning okay. um, but they will they will show up okay on the very website. good yeah i have sure. monday night is the 8th um of may so that you're saying it's going to be a it's monday a night. friday night oh i'm sorry friday no night. it's a 
Friday, uh, May 12th. 12th. Okay, very good. Yeah. All right. Just do a, yeah, Friday night, hang out with your friends in the garden. Like, maybe we'll invite folks to play some music. Like, there's all kinds of options. Cool. We're still building out the event there. I'm picturing a Southern Heights hootenanny on your stage. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> And uh, I know we will definitely get there. Yeah, and I know you know a few musicians out there, local musicians. We could have a fun time, feast, and listen to some great <laughs> tunes at the same time. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so talented. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, what a great town. Yeah, and what a great venue to put uh, you know those folks together too. So you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, we really could. We really could. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I have a caller on the oh. line. Let's see. Uh, let's see who's on the line here. Hello, is this Michael? Yeah, hi. This is Micah. Micah. Uh, oh, sorry. No, it's okay. And uh, I've got my uh, co- my um, friend collaborator. Yeah. Collaborator. Friend yeah. <laughs> Savannah. Yeah, uh, we're with uh, Lincoln True. It's the Lincoln Tour for Rewilding Urban Environments. It's a it's an event over the summer, a, a tour of natural lawns and gardens. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, we're really excited for it. Um, yeah, so right now we're looking for people to put in applications, um, and we have some social media uh, for people to connect and include themselves on the tour and uh, include their growth space particularly. Okay, so uh, what was the name of the tour again? Lincoln True. It's Lincoln Tour for Rewilding Urban Environments. Cool. So if they want to sign up, yeah, Sunday, June 11th. And if folks want to sign up, then uh, uh, give, give our, give folks your information there uh, to find it. Yeah. So we have a Facebook page, um, Rewilding Lincoln, as well as an Instagram page, um, which is LNK true. Um, And so we have an application on both of those. If people are, have a lawn or a space where they have um, plants that they would love to share with the community. Um, so yeah, there's an application people can fill out. So we're excited to see um, what all the people have. Yeah, that's great that you're doing this. And uh, a lot of folks want to go native. They want to plant native plants, but they can't quite yeah. envision what does this going to look like, right? Yeah. Is, that, is that your mission? Yeah, exactly. We um, really just want to help sort of foster community around it and then connect people who have more experience, people who don't have as much, but are really passionate about it. Oh, good point. You know, we have a bunch of plants to give out as part of the tour, so um, we have, uh, we're growing a bunch of plants ourselves through a, a local uh, greenhouse nice. um, so that we can distribute those properly, and we're also, we have uh, Nebraska Monarchs uh, is donating um, uh, like uh, at least 100 uh, milkweeds that we are going to be able to share. So specifically native plants we're, we're going to uh, share and so that not just people can see like rewilded lawns and polyculture lawns, but then they can turn around and transform their own spaces afterwards, you know, and it makes it easier for them. Too cool. Good work, you guys. That's great. So there again, one more time for folks to say, all right, I'm trying to find you guys. What did you say your name was again? <laughs> um, my name's Mike Lemer and we got Anna Graf here and it's, oh, sorry, it's Lincoln True, uh-huh. and you can go to Ellen K. True on Instagram. You okay. can go to Rewilding Lincoln on Facebook, or you can check out our email, re- rewilding.lincoln at gmail.com. Good stuff. So those are three ways to contact us, and both our Instagram and on the Facebook page, you can click on a link 
to fill out an application and include your lawn and or include your growing space mm-hmm. or the you know little food forest or whatever you have that's going to help you know bring our community together and um yeah yeah, I was going to say, yeah, a picture of your non-lawn, right? How about that? <laughs> right? Yeah, oh, there's a, your non-lawn next to your lawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, you guys keep up the great work with this, and great timing doing it on June 11th. That's a great time of year. And, folks, hey, that's actually Nebraska Wildflower Week, so you can celebrate Wildflower Week by checking out the folks at Lincoln True and uh, signing up for that tour. I would uh, consider it, but, man, we had construction Ah, both sides of our streets so my you know it'd be kind of fun to do it and say here's kind of life in transition right which is uh, <laughs> i i just can't quite, yeah i mean you know honestly you can you know the the other thing is people can still give a talk like if you're if you're really knowledgeable you don't have and you don't have a space to share like there's all kind like we're also going to have spaces for people to give uh you know uh talks on whatever they specialize in and um, we're looking for people to include themselves in that sense so in any way that people want to contribute okay we, we want you to be part of the tour yeah cool cool well i can tell you if i can't do this year because i know i'll be in the panhandle the 8th 9th and 10th just getting back that saturday evening your events on a sunday i might be going dude what was i thinking because i haven't been in my <laughs> garden for a week oh. yeah uh, anyway yeah that's okay but, um, but down the road really glad you had us on here bob thank you so much yeah. oh yeah you're welcome and thank you for calling in and and letting us know about this great event keep up the great work thank you all right see you guys bye-bye bye bye yeah, Molly, and I don't know, you know, uh, as far as putting Southern Heights... Southern Heights Food Forest will yeah. be on that tour. Yeah. That's oh, really? You're already signed up? Yeah, well, I'm halfway through the paperwork, but whatever. Yeah, um, that's, very good. I love what they're doing. I love their the creativity of the whole idea, like getting the, spreading the message out there. Like, it's all of us. We all have to row our boats in the same basic direction because we have a planet to save. Yeah, and this is part of the puzzle. And you the, know, some people are like, I don't want to grow tomatoes. That's too much work. Right. <laughs> like, I like to go to farmer's markets. Yeah. That's a fun social event. Yeah. yeah and, a great, don't grow something for the birds, grow something for the bees. Honestly, that helps my garden, too. You know, like, the more we have a vibrant ecology, the easier it is for all of us to grow whatever it is we want to grow. Yeah, and I also like their idea of spreading the knowledge, too, using it as a way to some, mm-hmm. well, I've been doing this for how long, and here's what I do, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, good stuff. And, uh, Jen, good work Absolutely. getting them to call in. I'm going to have to get a hold of my friend Jen. I know she's involved with this. I, I have a fella's property I'm thinking of, but uh, Gary, I don't know Gary's last name. Anyway, I'll have to look into that. Well, Molly, I'm past uh, break time, so I'm going to keep oh, you on... I'm going to keep you on the line and uh, do some messages here from KZUM. It'll take a couple, three minutes, and then we'll bring you back on. And as you know, this is the fastest hour in radio. So we'll, we'll get you back on and just uh, so hang tight, Molly. We'll get you on and back in a few minutes, all right? All right, that is Molly Femister. She's the coordinator of the Southern Heights Food Forest. You are listening to How's It Growing right here on KZUM and Troy. I know you're trying to call in right now. I'm going to have to, uh, yeah. 
Uh, go to break first, then we'll get you on. All right. Okay, I'm back. It is already 11.42 in the capital city. Time is a flying here. And, oh, man, I'm so sorry. I, I accidentally hit stop on cut off the point of departures promo there. Sorry about that, Spence Love. Anyway, point of departure, great jazz show coming up every Wednesday at 1 o'clock right here on KZUM Lincoln. All right, uh, Molly Femister joining me today, Southern Heights Food Forest Coordinator. And uh, Molly, during the break, we had a caller call in, and I see it on mm. caller ID as Mr. Troy Cash Brown. Troy, what's shaking with you? Hey, Bob, it's finally shaken that I'm uh, recovering from my uh, shoulder injury that uh, I've had since 2019, but uh, fortunately, uh, pointed out that I had cancer. So that was good. That's in remission. And I am now retired from the fire department. All right. Well, very uh, good. So that is good news. I, I want to apologize to Molly uh, at the uh, NSAS uh, annual meeting. I, I didn't seem like I recognized her, but I that's the joy of not, chemo, you know? not to worry, friend. Yeah, no. We and the with the pandemic, it was like this giant collective. Bank, you know, we all just closed our eyes and went away for two years. I didn't even know we were dealing with cancer. I'm glad glad you found that. Yeah, yeah I I was I'm very fortunate. Um, I'm Absolutely, the first, first uh, firefighter in Nebraska and then Lincoln that found their cancer while they were still on the job wow. and have gotten into remission and been able to retire. Um, yeah. So um, I, I'm i very fortunate. Yeah. Um, but the reason I was calling is that, um, as you know, I've got uh, an organic uh, farm out uh, that's uh, been chemical free and certified organic uh, on West Van Dorn and also um, my folks have decided to uh, they have a 63 acre farm that's east of Milford a mile across the river and uh, it was the my grandparents first farm and they've decided to turn it into a uh, rotational grazing of forages and uh, we want to uh, look into uh, doing um, uh, pasture uh, civil silviculture mm -hmm. yeah and uh, I just wanted to let any uh, grad students or students that needed uh, projects to study on uh, knowledge about uh, being able to do uh, either or, or both um, and if they get their applications in soon uh, and are selected on different plants and soil testing and all of those things um, it's uh, if they're chosen out of the there's 40 um, 
scholarships available for $120,000 a piece. So, uh, and I think it will last over five years. Wow. So, uh, they can get a hold of me. Um, I'm on Facebook and uh, I'm on the northeast corner of West Van Dorn and Southwest Baby Force. Just, just head on out there and you'll find Troy. Okay, Troy, so you're going to have to give them a little bit more than that. Just, just br- uh, briefly, uh, so finding you on Facebook, how would they do that? Uh, they can um, go to the um, NSAS uh, listing on uh, Facebook. Okay, so the folks, that's Nebraska Sustainable Ag Society. I think you can just type in NSAS and you won't get some funky site, right? Uh, but if you do, just remember Nebraska Sustainable Ag Society, right? And then and then, what do they click on once they get to that site? Well, uh, I should be listed in as one of the members Okay, uh, that belongs there. It's the uh, oldest uh, alternative agriculture group that was formed as a grassroots group uh, with the vetters and many other mm-hmm. uh, good guys yeah. uh, including uh, uh, extension people and uh, they wanted to farm with nature rather than uh, manipulate it yeah uh, yeah. Okay. Well. Well. Thanks for that information, Troy. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you go because I'm watching the clock tick, and Molly and I are sure, wanting sure. to talk about phenology. So I appreciate your time and and uh, letting us know about that. Uh, NSAS Nebraska Sustainable Ag Society. You'll find Troy's contact information there. Troy Cash Brown. Um, and uh, thank you so much for calling in, Troy. Yeah. And Cash Brown is with a K. Okay. And I'm listed in the phone book also. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Troy. Thanks for calling in. You're welcome. All right. Thank you, Bob. You bet. We'll see you around. Bye-bye. Yeah, Molly, I wanted to make sure to give you enough time. You know, you're kind enough to take the time out today (laughs) and... uh, and Troy, I know you can talk with the best of them, kids. So I was like, "Going, all right, man. We got We got to cut this short there, buddy." But I appreciate the information to let anybody know that's maybe looking to do some research. Just uh, you know, offering up the farm for that. I think that's really cool stuff. So, uh, building community yeah. there. All right. Well, uh, so Molly, let's see where were we? Uh, let's see. We were. We were talking about figuring out when to get your garden started now that the seasons are getting a little wobbly and unpredictable. Yeah, right. Not that Nebraska was ever terribly predictable to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, so, folks, you know, that, that plant peas on St. Patty's Day, I'm sorry, get that out of your system. Now, I have seen where, though, another source says plant peas when the forsythia blooms. Do you agree with that one? I do. I do. I actually, um, we don't have a lot of forsythia around right. now, but forsythia and daffodils are pretty well timed. Mm-hmm. So I think it'll be more useful here for folks to think, okay, it's the daffodils. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like um, the peas and the potatoes, there's this first wave of flowers that comes through. The dandelions will bloom when the soil temperature crosses to about 51, 52 degrees. The daffodils are kind of kind of in that same zone mm. in there, so it's it's all sort of happening around here very quickly, sort of smushed together. 
there may be a difference if you lived in a spot where they had a long drawn out spring, but we tend to have more of an explosion. So the dandelion blooming, the daffodils blooming, like those kinds of things are a good cue for peas, potatoes. Honestly, I put the spinach and radish out as soon as the ground can start being worked, which, you know, it's at, I can move it around with the shovel. They're not going to do anything until it's time, until it's ready. And the only disadvantage is if there happened to be some bird out there who was like, ooh, spinach seeds are my favorite, like, uh, then they're just going to eat all my seeds. Oh, man. But so that, you know, it's it's imperfect, but it is a need to do it like as soon as the ground starts being worked to getting a couple of things in there. Yeah. Um, the big one that I end up waiting for, the real trick for me is when did the tomatoes go out? And over the years I have been living in quite a few different climates. I have noticed that I'm putting out the tomatoes right about the same time as the peony. So then I started doing it on purpose and telling other people about it. And I've only seen it fail once. So yeah. your your radio Almost all the time. your phone kind of cut out there, and I think you oh, were, no. I think you were saying uh, when the peonies are in bloom. Is that what you said? When the peonies are in bloom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah. don't have a peony, the bearded iris come right after, come right on the heels of the peony. Yeah, good point. So you could do right as the bearded iris is kind of getting purple and getting ready to bloom. The tomatoes could go out. Yeah. And then I do. Peppers are about a week after that. The eggplants are right after that. And by then, the lilacs are in full bloom. Mm -hmm. So the eggplants and the lilacs seem to be timing each other out about the same. You know, and as you're mentioning these things, I'm thinking, okay, folks, when you think of peonies, at least I do, you know, peonies were kind of timed around Memorial Day. Uh, you know, late May bloomer, Mm -hmm. but in Nebraska, and I'll I'll use lilac as another example, right? I always, I remember uh, growing up in Dodge, a hundred miles north of here, I could I could harvest lilac blossoms on Mother's Day and bring mom a bouquet, but that not every year, right? So as you were saying, our our weather can be so variable. Man, I know, uh, you know, some years the daffodils, the the lilacs, they can kind of get tricked into blooming a little earlier than what we would think of as they're blooming, whatever that means. Again, average in Nebraska, take that statement at your own risk. But would you still, so say, Molly, we had a really mild winter, mild spring, and we had some days in March, which we haven't really had this year, and everybody's whining about it. Folks, it's not even April <laughs> 1, man. We I don't want to see 80s in March, you know, uh, but it happens. And sometimes it happens more often than we want in 70s, 80s, and it kind of things start budding out, things start blooming, and everybody's like dancing in the streets going, spring is here, and then oh, some front comes across in mid-April and drops our temperatures Mm -hmm. to, you know, let's say the teens, and everything's like going, ah, including something that maybe you got tricked into planting based on your phenology calendar, right? Um, Do you find then, okay, say you're lilac, man, it's blooming two weeks earlier than last week. Are you still going to follow that calendar, or are you just going to kind of say, well, I I know the lilacs blooming, and I know I've typically planted my peppers when the lilacs bloom, but it's only May tenth. Would you still do it? Um, I probably would. If here's a great caveat: <laughs> if two things I'm looking for. One is 
am I ready to plant it? They're showing up early. Do I have the peppers to plant? Mm -hmm. So it might be saved a little bit by some human error there of just like, well, I haven't gotten to that yet. (laughs) My to-do list never matches my to-done list. I got plenty of time, right? I got plenty of time because last year I didn't plant until, let's say, May 19th, right? uh, Coinciding with the lilac bloom. And so that, that buys me a little time. Don't panic yet. You're not too late. That's what you're getting at? You're not... That's part of it there. And the other is that peppers love heat. So I'm not racing to get a pepper crop through before the summer heat comes in. It's fun to stick them in early because I love me some peppers. So I want them to come in and ripen and I can have, you know, good peppers all summer. Mm -hmm. But, But I'm not racing to get that one through. Whereas some of these other ones... My spinach is going to bolt. My lettuce is going to bolt. I need those crops to be in and coming through and done before the summer heat comes in. Mm -hmm. So while I might not rush the peppers, like when the quince blooms, I'm transplanting broccoli and cabbage. Mm -hmm. Like I need, because they're going to be destroyed by the summer heat Mm -hmm. to come in sooner. So there's a difference there. What is, which one would I rush? I would run rush the one that that has a a stop on the back end of it too. yeah yeah good point and uh you know everybody loves salad season we love salad season at home but if you drop the ball and wait oh man usually for me it's like early april um but and i noticed a friend online said this is the latest i planted my lettuce and spinach seeds and beets whatever and i'm like oh man i I would think this is a little early, late March, uh, <laughs> to be planting those, let alone say this is the latest I've planted them. Now, maybe they, they, maybe she's had success, whatever, but, yeah, um, you're right. Uh, anything that has a back end to it, uh, pay, that's that's what's going to kind of make you, give you that little rush effect. <laughs> and, that's uh, the one that's going to hurry me along. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise you you drop the ball and miss the boat. So yeah, folks, phenology is defined as the study of uh, cyclical natural phenomena and events. Simply put, paying attention to nature's timing can help guide you on when to plant and when to harvest. And yeah, phenology can be for gardeners. It actually become a way of better connecting with our natural world, right, Molly? And and, Mm -hmm. as we used to do. And and, and certainly Native Americans have been in tune to uh, phenology for, for centuries. Um, that uh, plants were their calendar. They didn't know what the heck May was oh. or June was or July was. They didn't care. The plants were their calendar, <laughs> like Strawberry Moon uh, was the month of June, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Black Cherry Moon was the month of uh, July to coincide with Choke Cherry Harvest. And then they had Red Plum Moon for August for the wild plum and and I know they planted corn uh, coincided with the uh, the wild plum blooming and if you pay attention folks yep. a lot of a lot of Nebraskans are planting their corn still to this day around wild plum time I know this because they're usually spraying their fields first for knocking down the chemicals and none of us are really seeing wild plums form much anymore you might get a wild plum harvest in crop country one in ten years Man, oh man, mm-hmm. it's frustrating. But anyway, I won't go there. I'll get it off that soapbox. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so Molly, we are basically out of time. I apologize that we didn't get to everything, but I'm really glad you wanted to talk about phenology, the way we mark the progress of the season. It's, a, it's an important thing to pay attention to, folks, and, and a fun thing to pay attention to. I think the old farmers, the old farmers almanacs, did a good job of that, right? They're they're into the phenology part of it, and uh, so I'm sure. Yeah, I liked that. 
there aren't as many wild plums that people know what they are, what they're seeing. Um, but there are apples and crab apples all over town. And if folks still want to follow that calendar, about when the apples go full bloom and start dropping their blossoms is going to be about when the wild plums are blooming. Okay, good point. Those are, yeah, so those two, you know, maybe we can shift. Or, or better yet. Plant, plant a wild, wild plum. plum in your yard, and you have some there planted, right? And you have some planted down there at uh, Southern Heights Food yes. Forest too. If, if you're the curious, southeast corner is full of wild plums. Yeah, folks. So if you're curious what they look like, check them out, and more importantly, go there when they're in full bloom and bring your scent with you. Because if we could bottle that perfume, somebody would be mighty wealthy. Well, Molly, I thank you for your time today. Southern Heights Food Forest. Follow Molly on Facebook or Instagram. Type in Southern Heights Food Forest and you'll find it. And uh, take the time to volunteer and help out and get involved with the uh, tree library. Uh, Good stuff, Molly. And uh, we'll be looking for that uh, um, um, potluck coming up on May 11th. May 11th. You're very good. All right. Thank you so much. All right. We'll see you around, Molly. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, you bet. Bye-bye. All right, that is Molly Femister, Southern Heights Food Forest Coordinator. Thank you so much, Molly, for your time. I'm out of here, folks. I'm out. out. I got to I gotta fly. All right, stay tuned for Democracy Now! Heading your way next, followed by Point of Departure. Have a great week. I will see you right here next week.